0: Welcome to Sold Out Sports Talk with your host, Roman Gabriel III. Up close conversations with high impact
1: personalities from the world of sports and entertainment. Follow Roman on Twitter and Facebook at Roman Gabriel III. Now, Roman Gabriel III. Welcome to Sold Out Sports Talk. Uh, another exciting time and show for you tonight. Of course, you can follow us uh, on all of our social networking Roman Gabriel III at Facebook, Twitter, Roman Gabriel three and, of course, uh, on our website at fspn.net. Coming in with us is a very special guest, somebody I've really looked forward to talking to. Last week we had Kevin Sizemore on our show, a really cool event going on in Southern California, my old home stomping grounds. The Angel City Games, third annual, going to happen. And uh, what's cool about this is it's an inclusive competition open to all athletes with physical and visual impairments, and there's some incredible athletes and, and coaches, people that uh, – like Adam, si- Adam Sandler, Kevin Sizemore this year, Rob Morrow, and this young lady who's going to co-host the wheelchair basketball game uh, that's going to happen uh, at the end of this three-day program and uh, just incredible festival of events from uh, live bands and sing- singers to DJs, uh, special events from sponsors, celebrity appearances, uh, actor, producer, and uh, what I'm very excited to talk to this young lady about is her quest to find Noah's Ark on Mount Arafat With us uh, in in house tonight is uh, Donna Derrico. Donna, how are you?
2: Hey, good. I'm great. Thanks for
1: having me on. Oh, fabulous to have you as well. Now you have a you have a long background in Hollywood as a model, as an actress, as a producer. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. But you also you also have a strong faith. Tell me tell me about that strong faith that you've got.
2: Well, you know, I was raised. I was raised in the church, um, you know baptized when I was a baby, and I would go to church with my family every Sunday for my you know whole my childhood and then you know, like a lot of us do in our later teen teenage years and you know that kind of time span, I kind of fell away a little bit I started living you know more sinful a more sinful life, and then in my marriage um, during my marriage i i continued, you know, having fallen away and um, was really sinful and um, just did a lot of things that today I would never do. But then after I divorced, filed for divorce, I returned to the church to help get me through my divorce, and I've never looked back, and my faith is even stronger than ever. I never miss church on Sundays. Um, I go with my kids, and um, I just... I. I mean, I've been able to get through a lot of different things because of the strength of my faith that
1: I've, I've that's returned to me. So I'm very. And Donna, proud about you're, that. you know, you're in, you're in. You know, this show we talk to athletes, we talk to coaches, we talk to celebrities, we talk to high impact people that are making a difference in the world, and you're certainly doing that now with with many of the endeavors that you're involved in. And what we find many times on our on our program is is that. Uh, when we go through difficult times um, and we turn our faith uh, to God, uh, we see some tremendous things happen in our life. And it just sounds like absolutely. that you're in that place right now.
2: Yes, absolutely. I mean, I've never been happier. And I, I know that I, there's, there's things that's happened in the last, like, uh, 11 years since I returned to the church um, that that without me, without my faith, I don't think I would have been able to get through intact um and and i just i i really rely on god and my faith um and church to you know to can, you know continue making me a, a solid strong faithful person and um i just feel really happy so much happier now with everything that life you know everything that comes along even difficult things i just stay very happy because and i really think in large part that's
1: because of um, the strength of my face. Donna Derrico is with us, um, actor, producer, uh, model, and she's going to be the co-host of a really cool event called the Angel City Games. And you can go to angelcitygames.org to check out this incredible event going on in Southern California at UCLA, June 22nd through the 25th. And, there's going to be this incredible uh, wheelchair basketball game, celebrity game. There's going to be a lot of uh, NFL players, NBA players, actors. Uh, we had Kevin Sizemore, the actor, on last week who's been in this event who's just said it's such a meaningful event. And what's great about these events, Donna, and I'm sure you've been involved in other charitable things like this, is many times we think we're the ones that are going to be that helping, and it ends up being us that's blessed through that's these right. events.
2: That's right. That's absolutely what I'm expecting,
1: yes. So tell me about uh, how you got involved with the event and uh, why why you why you're choosing to go co-host this event.
2: Well, when when I found when I heard about this event, um, they told me you know that it was going on and wondered if I wanted to participate. I I started looking into it, and this is the most fantastic thing. I mean, you know, when someone has a physical um, impairment. Uh, you know, and they're watching, like, for example, the Olympics on on television or or some other kind of sporting event or something, you know, I'm sure a lot of them who are athletic are watching, wishing that they could participate in something like that. I know I would be. Um, And this is the opportunity for for them to do exactly that. I mean, it's really, um, there's a lot of competitiveness and um, it's, it's, it's not just some sort of, you know, silly thing. To run. This is just, you know, there's there's serious sports going on with this. Um, and I just, I, I feel like this is the biggest, the best kind of opportunity given to people who have physical impairments or, or you know, or, or visual impairments, um, to be able to participate in, in, in some kind of an organized sport this way. That, and, um, I don't know. I'm just. I'm so excited to to be part of it and to meet a lot of these athletes. Um, I think. I think. I think it's fantastic, and um, I just. I want to be able to do it every year from now on because to be able to be a part of something like this is such an honor for me.
1: Angel City Games, June 22nd through the 25th. This coming weekend, if you have uh, questions or you want to find out more, angelcitygames.org. And the cool thing is this is a festival for three days. So it if is. you want to bring your family, it's $5 for the family, and you've got kids' games, so it's family-friendly. You've got bands. You've got celebrity appearances. Even exercise classes. Come on, right? It's going
2: to be so fun. <laughs> I'm really excited.
1: <laughs> Donna Derrick is <laughs> with us, actor, producer, and model. And Donna, tell us uh, – You know, one of the things about uh, the entertainment business is is when we're young, you know, we're going after those goals. We're going after our career goals, right? Um, Right. But as we get older, uh, as we are, uh, we tend to think about, you know, what are some of our lifetime dreams and visions and things that we want to accomplish with our life and that we have the ability to do that because of the platform that we have. You have had a dream your whole life about going to Mount Arafat and looking for Noah's Ark. How in the world... Did you get that as a vision and a dream?
2: Well, when I was in third grade, there was this documentary film in theaters called In Search of Noah's Ark. Yes, and I remember. And as a that. class, I went to a, to a to a private, you know, Catholic school, um, and we went as uh, as a field trip, uh, as a class, we went to go see the film at the theater, and um, I just sat there, and I I never knew or even had an inkling that people were ever climbing Mount Ararat to search for this or that there was a possibility that that there could be any sort of anything remaining. Um, And I just set it in my head at that young age that I wanted to, one day before I died, climb Mount Ararat and search for Noah's Ark, too, like these people did in the film. And it it wasn't, you know, I think my parents thought that maybe it was just one of those childhood fantasies that you have some crazy dream, but it it didn't stop in childhood. It only strengthened as I grew older. Um, and then, you know, like you said, kind of life gets in the way and you have a family, you've got a career, you're focusing on other things. But I always had that in the back of my head as, as what I wanted to do before I died. And then in 2010, I was hospitalized with a near-fatal MRSA infection. I don't know if you know what that is, um, no. but MRSA is—it's like a, one of the superbugs that doesn't respond to um, any, maybe two antibiotics left in the world that will that MRSA will respond to. It's like a glorified staph infection, but wow. it won't respond to antibiotics, and it can it, it can be fatal. So I was hospitalized. I was quarantined in Cedar Sinai Hospital. And nobody could come see me uh, because it's extremely contagious. And I was in there for a couple of weeks and I almost died. And I'm laying in there in quarantine thinking I never did what I said I was going to do before I died. And here I am close to dying. Um, and I told myself if I get out of here alive, I'm going to immediately start training and I'm going to finally do what I said I'd always do since I was in third grade. And I'm going to climb Mount Ararat and I'm going to search for Noah's Ark. So I got out of there, um, I was okay, and I immediately started training. And that was my first uh, – I ended up – I couldn't go that year, which was 2011. Um, I ended up going doing my first climb in 2012. And I've been back every year climbing ever, ever since.
1: Donna Derrico is with us right here on Sold Out Sports Talk. And, you know, Donna, you know, we're talking about a 10,000, you know, uh, ten thousand plus peak uh, Mount Ararat. And seventeen thousand. Seventeen thousand. Yeah. Okay, close and close ten months of the year sometimes for snow and very dangerous. So this isn't right. just for anybody who decides they want to go up there. You had to do some serious no. training. Tell us about that. Serious
2: training. Yeah, it's really, really. A, it's such a difficult mountain um, to climb uh, because there's a. Not only is it enormous, it's seventeen thousand feet high, but it's in girth. It's it's. um it's 25 miles in diameter, um, 81 mile circumference. It's just this giant, giant mountain with a with a um, uh, a year-round ice cap on it um, that never goes away. And then, like you said, about 10 months out of the year, the entire mountain is iced over with ice and snow. And then only a couple months out of the whole year, during the summer, that ice melts. Not the ice cap, but the the ice on the main part of the mountain melts enough that you can climb up there. So um, I have to train really hard and get in really great shape to be able to get up there and search around. And then we live up there on the mountain for about two weeks um, doing day searches, you know, heading out from our base camp to go um, to go search various parts of the mountain. And it's difficult because it's so huge and unexplored. There's no trails. There's nothing like that. We're having to make find, find our own way. Um, and it's tough. It's really tough, but it's very really rewarding, too.
1: And Donna, tell me, you know, after fulfilling a dream that you had since you were a child, what was it like the first time you were up there and you said, hey, I'm finally here?
2: I was crying. I, I was on my knees, and I was saying some prayers. I know It sounds corny, but I was because I, it was just the realization of literally a lifelong dream of mine. And there I am standing on the top of one of the two holiest mountains on the face of the earth. And um, and I'm a female, and I'm small, and there's no other females that go up there. I mean, there's a few men who are researchers who go up there, but I just felt so fortunate and so blessed to be able to be standing where I was. Um, you know, whether there's anything really there or not to find, just to be able to go up there and, and accomplish this, and be standing up there, searching around where so many people from the Bible stood, um, and and climbed down. Um, I just—it's something I'll never forget.
1: Donna Derrico is with us on Sold Out Sports Talk, and uh, Donna, your plans are to make a documentary. Of the last couple of years, weather's not permitted you to go back up. But tell tell us about that project and why it's so important to you.
2: Well, I just I want people to understand what it is that I'm doing up there and why. And so I, I I really I don't film up there. I don't go up there to film for the documentary. It's it's research is the first priority, and then secondly, if we happen to get any footage, that's great. You know that can be included. But we don't go up there just to film. We're we're going up there. You know to search and to research. Um, But we get some filming done, and I just want people to see what it's like up there, see how difficult it is, see why we're doing it, see that that we're not nuts (laughs) for searching for (laughs) what a lot of people think is a fairy tale. Uh, You know, most people, I think, or I don't know about most, but a lot of people think it's a fairy tale. Well, just so you know, Donna,
1: this this audience believes dearly in the Bible that it is real and true in history, so you don't have to worry about that.
2: I've gotten a lot of knocks because a lot of people don't think that they don't believe the Bible. They think it's like a children's fairy tale thing and stuff, the whole Noah's Ark bit, But I don't. You know, I believe what the Bible says. And, and I believe that it did land on Mount Ararat, and I believe that it's still there because there have been documented witnesses who've seen a man, a giant man-made structure up there um, over the years at impossible locations on the mountain. And I don't mean just random, you know, people. These are people who were in the United States military in high up positions, very respected, educated men who have said that they've seen something up there. So, you know, we're not just going up there willy nilly on some wild goose chase. We have, you know, our we've got our research in place and we are going by actual people who have seen it, respected individuals in the Army. Um, so that's what we're doing.
1: Donna, Derek, go with us. much as we can. Awesome, awesome. Um, AngelCityGames.org. Go out and see her and say hello. June 22nd through Please the 25th do. for the Angel City Games. And Donna, hold on the line. We want to talk to you a little bit okay. more before you go from us. And we're looking forward to more information as you go forward with this quest to find Noah's Ark. Thank you. Donna Derrico, when we come back, Kevin McLeod, GM, Russell Athletic, will be with us. We'll talk about something really cool to help your kids to stay safe playing the game of football. Back on Sold Out Sports Talk. With us back on this show, uh, of course, our friend Nick Lowry, former Kansas City Chief, just a wonderful, faith-based, great guy, tremendous football player. But this is the guy he was with at the Super Bowl. If you happen to catch us at Super Bowl 51, uh, this is so exciting, and we want to talk more about it. Kevin McLeod, the GM of Rogers Athletics here. And if you remember at Super Bowl, we talked about a a new innovation for tackling, not only in the NFL and college football, but more importantly, for our young people playing Pop Warner Sports and Pop Warner Football. The MVP Drive Robotic Tackling Dummy uh, is an innovation that is taking the world by storm, and that's why I wanted to have uh, Kevin back on the show, because this is so important uh, that we understand that uh, kids 8 to 13 years old right now doubled the emergency room visits for concussions, over 200% rise in teens ages 14 to 19 in the last (laughs) decade, with concussions, and we're not just talking about football. We're talking about soccer as well and other sports that you wouldn't think would be contact sports. Um, He has hooked up with the head coach of Dartmouth, Buddy Tevens, who's been a real innovator at this at Dartmouth College, and uh, he is approaching not only the National Football League and several teams that are using this incredible machine, uh, but college sports as well as as Pop Warner, where we need it desperately. Uh, Kevin, welcome back to Sold Out Sports Talk.
0: Roman, my
1: pleasure. Glad to be here. Well, Kevin, the you know last time we were with you, you know, you showed us you know how this dummy works, and you know we're you know just to paint a picture. Since we're on radio, um, when all of us played pop Warner football, we had tackling dummies, and those tackling dummies were heavy and they were arduous, and the only way you could use them is for a player behind it to hold it the best they could, and then try to simulate blocking and tackling on it. And of course, we know that football is an incredible movement sport. And uh, stationary dummies just do not uh, show you the real picture of what a game looks like. And the challenge today for all coaches is how do we keep our team safe while still teaching them proper tackling technique and giving them the reps they need to learn the technique? And uh, tell us about uh, the MVP dummy and, and, and exactly what it's made to do.
0: To the, uh, and, and you're absolutely right. It's, it, human movement has to be involved in the, ta- in the art of tackling in, in order for it to really be, you know, down, get these kids to get it down to a science. So what we set out to do, and, and you mentioned uh, Buddy Tevens, Buddy and, and the staff at Dartmouth wanted to create a better way to tackle without having to hit his own players. And the MVP drive is ultimately a robotic tackling dummy that is, runs about 14 to 16 miles an hour, it's 195 pounds in its current state, and it gives absolutely no visual clues. So what that means is that the players not only have to have their heads up, but they have to be engaged with this dummy in order to tackle it appropriately. And it really is, not only is it is it saving other athletes from getting hit, it's teaching these kids to actually tackle better. And that's what's been the really the, the most remarkable piece of this launch is that we watched these kids engage with this dummy, different than they did this the standard dummies and different than they did their own teammates when they were tackling.
1: And, and I saw you guys on Fox and Friends and Coach Stevens, and of course it, leave it up to the to the Ivy League guys to figure it out, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah exactly. Coach Stevens shared with you on that show that um, injuries were down um, a, a large percentage because guys weren't hitting each other in practice anymore. Uh, and th- that there were less guys, less guys in the training room making it, m- making it a lot safer. And he even feels like with parents that it's been a recruiting tool.
0: Oh, there's no question. He has uh, – so Dartmouth last season, their injuries in practice were down 80%. And uh, his, his, his concussion-related injuries are almost zero. Uh, in that's in practice, of course. So if you think about it, and, and so my, my son is actually fortunate enough to be being recruited by Dartmouth right now. He tells these kids, you will never tackle another Dartmouth player in the four years you're here, and, and he will guarantee that. And that's what's remarkable. And, you know, the other one statistic that is also pretty impressive is that in total these kids will hit each other 40% less at Dartmouth and any other school right now that, that doesn't employ this, this type of technology. So it's it's fun and it and they believe in it and he is he has been hundred percent committed to it even after uh his the product launch.
1: Kevin McCloud's with us. Obviously
0: doesn't hurt that it was his idea, Roman, but yeah well yeah that always day, helps too, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Kevin McLeod,
1: GM of Rogers Athletic, is with us on Sold Out Sports Talk, and one of the reasons why I also wanted to have you in, Kevin, is is our audience is a is a strong family based audience. Um, a lot of parents in this audience, and what I've tried to do over the years is to educate them rather than go with the fear of, hey, I don't want to let my son or daughter today play contact football. Let's look at things like this as an opportunity. Because I I was just with a parent, good friend of mine, the other day. Uh, who said that he was going to keep his 14-year-old son out of contact football because he sustained uh, not playing football but a concussion outside of football and didn't feel like he needed to take the risk. And, you know, as a person that everything I have in my life through my father's NFL career and through my pro football career, um, football has given me so much and it has given me so many opportunities and introduced me to so many wonderful people. And I hate to see parents make a decision – that could affect the rest of their son or daughter's life over maybe the fear of misinformation. Because one of the things that people ask me all the time is, how long would you wait to have your son or daughter play contact sports? And I said, well, I would have them play flag football to, to get their growth spurt, to, to learn the game, to have fun, and wait till they're in junior high uh, where they're a little more mature physically to start contact football, but that wasn't true for me. I started when I was nine, and the biggest injuries I had were as a Pop Warner football player, and they stayed with me.
0: Yeah, and you know that's the the misinformation piece is what's important here. And you know, I'm, I'm uh, you know, I only know how to raise my kids, and I'm trying to do the best I can w- with them. And what I know as a former uh, football player as well is that. I learned more on that football field than I ever learned in a, in, in a classroom during Amen. the elementary and in middle school days. And how do we continue to you know to stress that when in an environment that it's the scare tactics are everywhere as far as concussions and that's you know that is certainly something that happens in in every sport. It happens on the playground. The worst concussion I remember getting was falling off a swing on the playground in elementary school. So. For us to think about how to sort of solve those fears and, and look for an opportunity to, to just make it safer, because and you and I can both agree on this as football players, it does make sense to not hit your buddy on the team every day. Sure. And, and so taking that a step further, how do you create that realistic experience and maybe even make it a better experience as far as learning how to tackle? How do you, how do you tackle that? Uh, and and move forward and so the the MVP drive is exactly that how do you make sure that you can be a better football player and not continually hit your teammate?
1: go to the MVP drive if you get on YouTube and you want to see this thing in action especially youth coaches out there and youth organizations and uh, uh, high school junior junior college college programs and of course the NFL uh, one of our friends coach Mike Tomlin has been very aggressive about uh, saying what a great tool this is and um, tell me about. Uh, we know that it's going to work well with the NFL because the bottom line is the NFL doesn't hit anymore because of the collective bargaining agreement. So coaches are looking any way they can to get these guys reps to be able to continue work, working on what the, one of the most important things in the NFL, and that's getting a guy to the ground. But the thing that that concerns me the most, Kevin, is how how do we get junior high and high school programs, and then how do we make the MVP drive robotic dummy? Um, more affordable for high school junior high programs, what are some of the things you guys are working on? Because I believe you said that it's about eight, thousand dollars right now for one unit? Correct
0: yeah, eighty two eighty two hundred dollars. okay. So what what we're doing so there's, there's a couple things going on which
1: about sixty um, seconds.
0: Yeah, got it. It has uh, we are looking at, um, about twelve months from now and you know in twelve to eighteen months, we will have a youth model. The youth model will be about half the weight. It'll be about two foot shorter and it will be geared towards Pop Warner and up to middle school. And and it'll also be half the price. So ultimately what we're looking to do is get the technology into the right hand and be able to train from as early as as possible. You've been listening to Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III. Our podcasts are available at AFR.net. You can follow Roman on his official website, www.fspn.net, and on Facebook at Roman Gabriel III. We'll catch you next time on Sold Out Sports Talk, your source for faith, family, and sports.